Det är ett jätte... Hej, boo. Hi, I'm Sara. And I'm Sara. And this is No Sir, No Ma'am, a weekly podcast where we drag our timelines for being trash. Yo, if you want to get in touch with us. <laughs> but they never do, though. They no. never want to get in touch with they us. They never do. Okay. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at NSNM Podcast. They hit us up on Twitter. NSM, NSNM Podcast or through our email, which you would never hit up. No story, no ma'am at gmail.com. We started that Gmail account for nothing. Why, why no love for the <laughs> Gmail? Um, you can also use the hashtag NSNM on the Twitter, the Twitters. <laughs> Disclaimers, I am depleting. <laughs> I, I won't clarify as to how, but I feel my life force dwindling, so if my voice seems a little on the flat side, do you know why? Okay, then. Shut up. I, disclaimer is mine. Oh, okay. I have an, I'm good this week. Cool. All I right. need a nap, but other than that, I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I would really like to start with the person that you have so accurately named Potato Face. <laughs> this story, ladies okay. and gentlemen, if you have not heard, is about Lena Dunham. If you don't know who that is... She is an actress slash writer slash creator of like shows and stuff. She's most famous for being the epitome of white feminism. No, she's oh. most okay. famous for creating a show called Girls. If you don't know what that is, it's a mildly entertaining show about caucasity. <laughs> Love the whites. I'm not like the white. Okay, females. let me not add brand new because I actually loved the first season I've and then watched it. It went like downhill from there. And him, so this lady was out and about as you do when you're a celebrity <laughs> at the Met Gala where she was in- invited, <sighs> and apparently she was seated at a table with Odell Beckham Jr. If you do not know who that is, he is. Yeah. An American football player. A black man. And he is a fine brother. Yes, quite fine. Um, Also a shining example of carefree black joy and carefree blackness. Yeah, like all he does is be really good at football and And like have people hate on him. And dance. Which is really... He's a good dancer as well. And Muhim, so this person um, whom we've named Potato Face... (laughs) To be specific, potato face bitch, but there's no reason for time, so we'll just cut it short to potato face. And Muhim, so she found herself seated at a table with Odell Beckham Jr., and apparently he ignored her. I'm pretty sure he didn't know who she was. Let me clarify, yeah, right, let me clarify that they don't know each other. It's not like they're friends or they met before and he like, yeah, no. blew her off. They, they, they were don't know at each the other. They were just sitting at the same table. That was that was the extent of their <sighs> relationship. And Mohim Gamet, um, Lena Dunham gave an interview to Amy Schumer, I think. Who is also some... just as trash as she is, honestly. We'll get to that later. <laughs> um, 
And she was talking about her experience at the Met Gala, and she basically said, or actually implied, that Odell Beckham Jr. was a misogynist for ignoring her because she didn't fit his standards of you know beauty. Right. Of, um, like, what, what a woman should look like. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind that this guy, like, he didn't talk to her. He was on his phone the whole time. And she interpreted that as yeah. because, oh, you know, I'm not pretty enough or whatever. And then when people people dragged her for it. Rightly so. Uh, when black women dragged her for it, she, she like stuck to her story and whatever. But then this one guy um, who was like a... I guess, I don't know what you would call him. Would you call him a prominent... He's a filmmaker. He's a filmmaker. Would you call him, like, a prominent figure on on Black Twitter? On Black Twitter, yeah. Yeah. So, right, so this guy who's a filmmaker and a prominent whatever on Black Twitter... Xavier something? Yeah. Bergen? His thing is, like, X... NLB or something at X... Whatever. He called her out, her and Amy Schumer, and... Immediately, like, they set up a meeting to talk, and they, they had, were like, like, oh my god, we want to learn. Let's learn from this black dude, because, like, what? Mm. Are, uh, okay, so my point from this whole story is that um, Lena Dunham and Amy Schuler, Schumer, Schuler, Schumer, <laughs> don't matter, her name don't matter, are absolutely peak white feminism in the sense that um, they're just completely oblivious to anything that doesn't serve their purpose of white feminism. Yeah, Like, they're not... And and the thing is, because they both consider themselves quote-unquote comedians, they always hide behind... The right. fact that it was a joke. Because that's what Lena Dunham said when people came for her. She was like, oh, I didn't I mean it like that. You know, yeah. it was my sense of humor. And it's been keeping me alive for 30 years. And I'm like, girl, if you don't. When that whole part of her, like, trying to make herself out to be a vi- the victim in all this by being like, oh, because I'm so insecure and blah, blah, blah. And I hide behind my comedy. First of all, girl, you're not but- funny. Secondly... Nobody cares about your stupid feelings or your self-esteem issues. Like, what does not that- not that actually? It, here's the thing: if she had written a piece or like given that interview and whatever, and talked about how she felt really out of place and inadequate at a table with like models and athletes at the Met Gala, I think a lot of women could identify with that. Like, it's relatable. I get it. Like. you're you know you're fat you're not what society considers to be pretty or cute or i get it like it's for him now like in the fact that you would project your insecurity on this black man because as a lot of white women do you see him like there's this over sexualization of black men Mm -hmm. and like all the fetishes girl no. She's doing the most. She's doing the absolute most. And my confidai. My confidai. And why should, he, why should he know who you are? Why? Why? Give me one good reason why he would talk to you. But then, Inti, because he didn't objectify you. So that's him 
objectifying you? What is logic? Life. What is logic? What is life? What, what is feminism? Is, what is anything? What up, really? girl? <sighs> um, but yeah, like you said, that also brought up a very important issue of how, like, black women have been criticizing these two heifers for a while. For and ages. for very good reason. And talking about how you know, their feminism is anything but intersectional and how they're very problematic and how, you know, the fact that you're trying to be this independent comedian, funny woman does not, you know, absolve you from all the racist shit you say. Right. And nobody's, like, nobody cares. And the second one black man is, like... A singular male. One is, like, listen not cool and they're like oh my god teach me more let's meet yeah and <laughs> like and and i i give him i give him credit for being like well i give him credit for acknowledging that like you know that the countless black women who called them out were like being overlooked and like yeah. you know he like recognized his privilege in that moment but like I just don't understand. Yeah, and all of that is moot compared to the like real basic point, which is why does he need to acknowledge your presence? Mafidai, how self-centered are you that you think that just because you're sitting at a table with him and you're looking at him, like, what for? For what? He doesn't. Ha- he really doesn't have to. He was on his Candy Crush, girl. He was scrolling through Instagram. <laughs> like, like, what is your problem? He could have been playing Snake for all I care. Like, I don't understand why, out of all the people at that table, why were you offended that he's the one who didn't pay you attention? And the thing is, I'm pretty sure that if this whole scenario had gone differently, like, if he actually acknowledged her or, like, hollered at her, right. quote-unquote, right. as a black man, that would have been, like, a whole other can of worms. Right. For who? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, he he doesn't know you, boo. It's okay. Malish. Also, I'd like to mention this tweet that during this whole, like, crap storm, right? Somebody, tweet, somebody tweeted that, like, uh, he was like, uh, Lena Dunham, Amy Schumer, and all those other people refuse to see that misogyny among men of color, while hideously prevalent, is no more so than among white men, right? Because she's busy talking about how, like, if she was, you know, if she fit the standard of beauty or whatever, that she would be, like, that he would have paid her more attention or he mm-hmm. would have hit on her or whatever. And so then Amy Schumer replies to this man by saying, how would you know? Statistically, who is hollering at you in the street more? Yeah, that's what I was referring to. And then people came for her. And obviously she came up with the oldest excuse in the book, which, is? which was um, she was uh, she had a show in Denmark or something and it was really late in the night and she was with the band that opened for her and one of the guys from the band tweeted that from her phone because no, like, um, obviously nobody believes that sad. because she's had um, a quite... Uh, eventful history Honestly. of, you know, saying very um, insensitive things. Honestly. 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 Honest
Like, that's so, that's so lazy. It's so half-assed. Like, why couldn't you just, you could have said anything. Why did you even have to say anything at all? Um, I'm really done with both of these heifers. Um, I'm I'm specifically done with Lena Dunham because she stays doing this. She stays making some of these outlandish comments and then like hiding behind a comedy or b her troubled white girl past or whatever mm-hmm. the hell. Like, look, if you're gonna do comedy, do comedy. But don't like. But, but what, what comedy though? Like she's, she's not, not funny. funny. I don't. I don't find her funny at all. But you know. Me neither. Whatever. Like I don't understand how that's her. Ex- anyway, bottom um, line. No man, black, white, Asian, alien, or otherwise. Nobody actually. Not 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 a person is required to pay attention to you. Yeah, the fact that you feel entitled to anyone's attention. Is because you're projecting your insecurities on them is just really comical but she, at this but point. But I really don't think... I mean, that could be what it is. But honestly, I feel like that's a cop-out. Oh, because I'm insecure, that means I want people to pay attention to me more? Or I expect people to pay attention to me more? No, I think it's I'm insecure... So I freak out when people don't pay attention to me. You know what that I mean? Because I I think that it's because I'm you know inadequate or and him ma ma I'm an insecure, ma I'm an insecure person. I'm the first to admit that I have self esteem issues, and that's exactly why I don't want anyone to pay attention to me. I don't want to be looked at. I don't want to be seen. If I were invisible, that would be great for me because at least that would be like I would be hiding within the safety of my own invisibility and my own insignificance in whatever moment. So for her to be like, oh, I'm so insecure, so I freak out when people are not paying attention to me or looking at me or giving me attention, makes no sense to me at all. Like, I just feel like, no, you think that you're entitled to any and everybody's attention, especially if you want it, right? Especially if, like, like I feel like she wanted his attention specifically, and then when he didn't give it to her, she decided, no, how dare you, but I'm Lena Dunham. Because he's a really attractive black athlete. So the general understanding is that he is a sexual being who is there to, like, satisfy other... To be looked at and... Probably with a propensity towards white women. Yeah. Pretty much. And with him, I'm, I'm just, like, the one good thing that came out of this is that it really sparked the debate on... Like misogynoir mm-hmm. and the intersection of gender and race, right. and how black women are just like Dang. completely erased from every single narrative, including and their own, it, including, especially their own, including their own. Like, girl, life is hard. And him, um, so that <sighs> happened. That was trash. What else? France. Oh God! Oh, the French. The French are so. Yes, mm. This is the third week in a row. I think that we talk about France. They they've been they've been on a hundred, girl. Um, can't stop, won't stop. That's their motto. Like <laughs> the past three months. <laughs> so the French, a um, Yazida Plus. What did they do? They they made like one of those videos. Mm-hmm. where they addressed the French concept that 
colonialism was actually not that bad because it wasn't about, you know... Here's what he said. First of all, it was... um, I think France is on one, especially because the presidential election is next year. So they're, like, all going crazy and stuff. So the guy who said this is François Fillon, and he's running for president. Is he? Yeah. Well, he's running um, for the primary in his own party. Okay. So, like, against uh, Sarkozy and all these people. Mm -hmm. Um, He was... Wasn't he prime minister at one point? He was. Was I'm going to say that he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Um... So he had a speech of sorts, and he literally said that France should not be ashamed of its history because um, colonialism is basically sharing one's culture. Like, the French wanted to share their culture, and that's why they, you know, colonized other countries, and there's no shame in that. Sir. Sir. If you don't, how, in what universe is colonialism the simple exchange of cultures? When you come to a place, you take it over, you pillage it for its resources and its people, and then are indignant when those people expect something from you. Where's the other half of the... Where's where's the other side of the exchange? Where? where? There's none. Also, if you take his uh, words literally, I think even that is problematic because the fact that you would think that your culture is superior to other people's, that you'd have to, like, impose it on them, is peak caucasity. (laughs) It is peak whiteness. Yeah, girl. Um, that is all I have to say about this. Here's, okay, so here's where these comments take me. I always, I mean, this, like, inevitably raises in my mind the idea of, like, how different places feel about their colonized past. And when I say different places, I mean, like, I mean us, right? The colonized, I don't mean the Mm -hmm. colonizers, because, of course, they had a grand old ball with it. But, like, for us, I feel like... Different different colonized countries feel differently about their colonial past. Okay. And I feel like we as Sudanese are one of the few people who actually, like, look back on it in, like... Nostalgia? Yeah. As if in the kind of high equation. But it's because we're not doing well. But if, I think that wondering. If, if the country was in better shape, we'd have... Um, a more objective perspective on our past? I don't know. I I don't know. I think that in our Ugda, I feel like even if we were... I feel like we have such an inferiority complex, not only because of our like current state of affairs, but just in general, that we feel like if we were doing well, it's not like... Let me give you an example. So, my house has been locked up for like five months, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, got a, I got someone to come clean the house. Actually, my, my family got someone to clean the house, right? 
So I'm getting, I'm taking the guy to the house. Before I leave, my family's like, hey, so, you know, this is Sarah, blah, 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 First of all, and I just, that are dirty as fuck. Nasty. <laughs> like, like, they cannot, no, like, I don't want that standard of cleanliness. But, like, that's the understanding. And if the, in But I, I feel like that's not just us, though. That's most countries who've been colonized because um, I think the main purpose of that is that they instill in you that the Khawaja is superior. Right. And that's why you owe them your country. Mm. And it sticks. Like and that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. Like, we owe them whatever we have. Yeah. And I feel like, especially the French, the French definitely, like, are more vocal about that. Like, the fact that Girl. they built these places, or whatever, or as if they came and there was nothing, and all of a sudden now, like... These places are like thriving and flourishing, and it's all because of the white man's efforts. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Whereas, I think with the British Empire, it was—I don't think it's, it was as bold. I feel like it was implied in everything, mm-hmm. so I, obviously, because we still feel that today. But like in modern times, I don't think it, they're as like big hand with it. You know? Maybe. But I don't know. I've never, I've never thought of that. But I definitely do feel that the French are very condescending. Yes. With this whole culture thing in yeah. general, and the fact that they would use that to justify colonization is just like it's insane. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. And it goes. Do like, you know how many people you've killed? Right. Like, or like how many women were raped in Algeria? Right. And like. I can I I can't understand how you as a politician would go on TV and say that with a straight face because he doesn't care because it doesn't matter but to him. Because, because other people think that because, and also not because just politicians he's speaking it's not to those people he's speaking to that segment of the French population he doesn't care about how that looks to people of you know, 20% of the population, yeah, you mean? You know, like all <laughs> who the come from colonized ex-colonized countries, colonized countries, those people, he doesn't care about those people because we did you a favor. What, why would you even that's why you're here? That's that's pretty much it, yeah. Um, and I think that ties into um, I was watching the strolling series, mm-hmm. and I think it was the one in France. It was one of, like, the girl was somewhere in Paris. Yeah. And she said something that was really interesting. And she's like, um, the, you know, African diaspora and, like, you know, Caribbean or Mm -hmm. whatever in France actually look up to American pop culture. Because the black community does have visibility in America Mm -hmm. as opposed to France. And she's like, I would explain that by saying that you know, slavery happened in the U.S., so they actually had to deal with it, and, like, the whole civil rights movement was in the States. But in France, they went outside of their country and colonized all these other people, Mm. and then they were like, whoop, well, it's not in our home country, so, like, whatever, deal with that. 
And that's a good point. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, but that's a And really it's good crazy. Point. And that's why they're like, huh, all these colonized people. Like, we gave them culture, yeah. like, infrastructure and stuff. What are they even talking about? Right. And it was so easy to ignore, like, that whole part of their history. And that's exactly what it is. It's like you want to absolve yourself from that part because, like, you're trash. You're, you're wow. trash. Wow. Okay. That, that also ties in to another topic that we wanted to discuss this week, which is uh, that whole natural hair fiasco in mm-hmm. South Africa. Yes. So the girls of Pretoria High School were forced to protest their school rules after the administration decided that natural, like, black natural hair, obviously, uh, that natural hair was deemed um, untidy, Mm -hmm. and they forced students to straighten their hair or relax their hair, whatever, anything to... Tone it down. Tone it down, to not be visibly Afro-textured or visibly natural hair. So the girls who are, like, they're, like, middle school and high school Mm -hmm. girls protested and eventually the school decided to like drop the the new rules which is amazing mm-hmm. but like mind-blowing that in South Africa post-apartheid these people are still dealing with this mess mm-hmm. like have we learned nothing yeah. how do you how do you impose something like that on a majority black population. Like, how can you say, hey, you know, we know that this is your country, and this is your DNA, and this is how this hair grows out of your head, but nah. Because, like, well, I think South Africa is a really tricky country to talk about because the politics and, like, the social structure is so complex. Right. And I don't think you can really get it unless you actually live there. Right. But... I believe that the white South Africans, like the African, are mm-hmm. still in power. And okay. even though, you know, the laws have changed post-apartheid, but it's still... Yeah. The social dynamics are still pretty much the same. Which makes... Which, which I mean, that in itself is sad. But I think it's also sad that that thought process extends beyond just white South Africans. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like many other people, many other, like, black South Africans would agree that, hey, you know, um, natural hair isn't tidy, or it's not professional, or it's not clean. But not, and not just in South Africa. And that's what I was going to say, and not just in South Africa. We see that across the continent, on the black diaspora all across the world, and Hina. Yeah. Like that's so true. This this reminds me of I don't know if I sent it to you, but there's that video of Chrissy Blue. Do you remember her on YouTube? Mm-mm. You do, that really funny girl, the really oh, funny black the girl, girl who does the Game of Thrones recap. Yeah, oh, God, I love her. And so much. and she was saying that like she usually wears her hair in an afro to work, mm-hmm. and then one day she straightened it because she wanted to see how long it was. Right. And this other black lady sees her in the bathroom and she's like, "Oh, I like your hair like this. It's so much better than that mess you usually wear." Wow. And she was like, 
but you have no edges, though. Like, how are you talking <laughs> to me? Edgeless. Like, what are you even saying? <laughs> but my hair is flourishing. Word. What are you? What? And I mean, so, like, yeah. And I could, I, I can totally relate to that experience because, like, here, when my hair is in twists or my hair is even out, it's like, oh, there you're, it is. You're intense today. It's so. It's so visible. It's so there. (laughs) But the moment my hair is straight, then the compliments come flooding. Oh my God, you look so pretty. Oh my God, your hair is so long. Oh my, and I'm like, no. Yeah. Like what? What? what?" Yeah. It's so much self hate. It really is. It's crazy. Like there's a a clear, marked, defined difference between a reaction that you get to. Natural hair, curly hair, Afro-textured hair, and your hair straight. And I feel like it's not just in the aesthetics of it, like people think it's beautiful or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's also how people view you as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to Sugum Durman with my mom, and my hair was in twists, and some random ragil like yelled out in the middle of a suit, Mama Africa! And I'm like, okay. but... But you're... But we're both. <laughs> but we're, sir. Like, what are you? How is how am I suddenly like the embodiment of Africa because my hair is in twists? And how is that different and from that's, Mushal? That's like, why I don't like. I've always found it really annoying how people think that wearing your hair natural or like in an afro is an act of defiance because it right. really shouldn't be no. like that's how it grows out of my head right why why should i be like spending all this money and time and energy mm-hmm. trying to make it look caucasian when that's not how it grows out of my scalp that's not what it wants to do like that's an it's not an act of defiance it's just me letting it do what it does it's me li- literally just living just like it's yeah. just living i'm just alive right now like that and and also like the whole debate about hair in the workplace and all of that oh, and girl. like to interviews and stuff i really don't understand why white hair is the standard why it's like the default you know that's more professional and more put together my hair does not lay flat but it's you know it's clean and it's untangled exactly and it's healthy and moisturized why is that not professional <laughs> My edges are are beautiful. Like, My edges are laid, girl. Girl, why is it not professional? I don't understand. I, I don't get it either. And I and I like I said, like I would get, I don't accept it, but I understand it in like, you know, a European country or in America. Sure. But the fact okay. that this this concept extends here is just dumb to me. Like, I remember being a kid and people being like, your mushat means kida. Like, Yeah. But, like, it's mushat. It's mushat. Like, I don't understand how all of a sudden it becomes associated with a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. Now, mushat is all the rage. Yeah. Right? And... Even until, and I think this is, re- like, I would say this is within the last year. Because I remember maybe a couple of years ago, my hair being twisted. And everybody thought, that, first of all, everybody thought that my hair was dreadlocked. 
and okay. twist. And I'm like, not the same thing, but all right. And then the second, immediate second assumption is that I'm a pothead because my hair is in what? twist. Girl, I don't know. And I've gotten this so... But, but I have asthma. So I, but I like no. literally, like, <laughs> I have heart problems and asthma. I can't breathe. <laughs> I can't breathe. Like, there's no point. I don't understand why... Like, I feel like black hair is so, and I hate to use this because it's such a cliche, but, like, black hair is so versatile. We can do absolutely anything, and our hair looks amazing, and we can do it in all these different styles, but we're so limited in our thinking that we keep ourselves in this tiny-ass box. But to be honest, shout out to social media for making natural hair a thing a thing yeah just like a thing like it's been a movement like there's yeah. a community and like people exchange you know advice and like mm-hmm. tricks and tips on how to deal with but that did not exist um i want to say five six years ago yeah it didn't it didn't so you know shout out to all the people making it happen on social media Word. y'all are magic Word. thank you very much also shout out to all the people locally who are like starting to embrace the fact that like yes girl curly hair does not mean intimankusha does not mean intimabashta despite all the nigga from the khaltus yo yes girl <laughs> work that natural hair i had a, i had a khala say <laughs> i had a khala tell me that my hair in an afro looked like ana makattaha bitturab and i was like but what does that have to do with but how But why? But it's it's clean though. But What it's but I just got out. Look, I just What? washed my hair. Like, I, ma'am. Also, I'm really not gonna act like, like even on social media, I'm not gonna act like it's all cute and rosy because there's definitely even within the natural hair community, there's a lot of discrimination, like. The smoother your yeah, curls, yeah. like the more popping it is, my bad if she knows. The looser your curl the, pattern, yeah. the more attractive your hair is. Or exactly. Is. And like the more views you get on YouTube Word. and the more like, you know, deals for like commercial. Word. But, you know, if you got, if four thief sisters, I see you. I Yeah, I hear that. You rocking. Power to you. Um, Have you watched, I don't know if you know her, she's a YouTuber. Her name is Julesy. Mm-hmm. So Julesy is stay bringing the truth. Like, she just says things exactly how they are. I know her because she's done videos with Evelyn from the internet. Yes. And that is my homegirl. Yes. I love her. So Julesy had a video that was all about texture discrimination mm-hmm. in, within, like, the social media sphere. And, like, how girls with coarser textures or, like, 4C hair or whatever don't get the same opportunities as mm-hmm. girls with looser textures. Definitely. You don't get, you know, as many, like, sponsored videos. Yeah. People are not checking for them, et cetera, et cetera. And even on a very basic level, people just don't think that that texture of hair is pretty. Yeah. And she got a lot of backlash for it, saying, like, you know, that she was being divisive and... And like, But it's true, though. But it's true. It's absolutely... It's really true. Because I, I follow a lot of, like, natural hair accounts on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Just, like... You know, accounts that give like shout outs to like you know right. girls with curly hair and all of yeah. that and honestly there's a pattern like most of the girls are like loose a loose 
soft, right. shiny, right, like three C, like a bouncy three um three B yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And mostly light skin. Like, there's there's a pattern. Like, yeah. the closer you are. Like, even in accepting your own features mm-hmm. and hair, you still want to be, within that, as close as possible to, like, Caucasity. Like, yeah. I can't. Caucasian yeah. is my favorite word since I discovered Joanne the Scammer, <sighs> but never mind. Get out of my Caucasian home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but no, you're right. Like, uh, it's all about proximity to whiteness, even within blackness, even within natural, like being naturally, genetically black. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, you know, or, or this, I had this discussion with somebody recently where we were watching a video, um, like, uh, like a hair tutorial or whatever. And the girl was like, Hey, uh, but this girl's hair is so coarse. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, because, yeah, right. She's like, I don't Right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, actually, I've met many a Sudanese person with this texture of hair. Like, this is not. Yeah. Like, I no. I, like, fee, katiche. And then she's like, but she's light skinned. And I'm like, and? But that's unrelated. And she's like, but I mean, do you know science? But right. are you dumb? But that's what I'm saying. And she was like, um, I mean, shouldn't her hair, like, be looser? I was like, no. And then I mentioned a few people that we, like, mutual people that we knew. Mm-hmm. Like, but what about Fulan? And what about Alana? And what, like, what's your point? And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess. I'm like, how is this hard to grasp? Uh, like, why do we, it's like, there's also this, like, when we view natural hair, we have this superiority that, like, mm-hmm. Sudanese people have, like, nicer hair the yeah. Sudanese people have less coarse hair when mm. we run the gamut just like everybody else we yeah. have everything from straight to like super kinky so yeah. I don't understand how people think that like yeah our standards of beauty are very narrow Agreed. Very, very narrow. Agreed. So everyone just wants to like fit in that mold. Right. And you just don't see anything outside of it. Because like even if you do have kinky hair, you're probably gonna relax it because that's not what people want to see. Or, you know, like there's a lot of pressure, girl. I remember being blown away, like going to the salon here and having like the hairdresser be like, Are you sure you don't want to relax your hair? And I'm like, why? Why would I do that? And she's like, And I'm like, but don't you have the same hair? Like, how are you struggling? Like, I don't understand how you're struggling with my texture when we have the same texture. Why are you telling me that my hair is difficult because it's not straight? How are you only used to working on straight hair and you live in a country with black folk. Yeah, where, like, kinky hair should be the norm. I I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I feel like either everybody's relaxing their hair, and, and, and I just don't know it. And, like, that's why now hairdressers Everybody don't know Everybody is how relaxing to, their hair, Are though. they? Yeah. Oh. Or, well, like, getting keratin treatments or whatever. Hey. You know, whatever makes your hair easier to deal with. Color me surprised. Are you crazy? Of course everyone relaxes their hair. I would say, I literally was, like, driving me insane. Like, why is it that people are shocked by, like, a curly, coily hair texture? 
when we all like ninety percent of us because people have that don't texture. keep that texture. Girl. Because you want your hair to be like Mississippi And this is why flowing on your shoulders, even though that's not what it naturally does when it comes out of your This I'm is tired. why I've stopped going to hair salons here. Because I just I don't want to deal with that. the hairdressers that like the the relaxer in the shampoo. Oh, yeah. The shampoo your Yeah, no. Girl. No, no, no. no. I wish I would die. Way. I would cry. It I took wish. me a while. A heifer would to accept my okay. Here's the thing, because we were like, we were talking about this the other day, mm-hmm. and I think I started relaxing my hair when I was like, I want to say, thirteen oh, or wow. something. Okay, and I went natural like a year and a half ago. I'm gonna say. Mm. So before, like, when I decided to go natural, I was transitioning for a while. I was like, okay, let me see how this is gonna work out. And I honestly, truly had no idea what to expect. Like, I had right. no recollection of what a... my natural texture right. was. Right, that's like... Like, it had to grow out, and, like, I had to, you know, big chop and get rid of all that straight hair mm-hmm. to actually discover what my curls looked like. Right. So I'm not surprised that, you know, people don't know that they have curly hair underneath all that, all those chemicals. I also think that, like, just because you, even if you didn't, like, I didn't relax my hair until I was, like, 20. Okay. And and then by, like, 25, I was like, fuck this. <laughs> this isn't working out. Mostly because all my hair fell out. But okay. that's besides the point. My my hair was pretty resilient, I gotta say. But before that, my hair was mamashelt all the time. I think I had it out, like, and straight. Maybe once or twice in my life. But the whole, uh, the whole of my entire rest of that period of time, I had my hair in mushalt. So when okay. I cut off all my hair and started over I literally was like so what do you do with this like I don't and that's why I'm saying it's amazing that there's like this whole movement on social media right because what like what do you do before that like you cut your hair and then mm. it's there and it's curly and you have no idea what to put in yeah. it and and you but have no support system whatsoever exactly yeah. but now like when i actually decided to stop transitioning and just like chop off all the straight hair i was like okay i got this like i know how to diy flaxseed gel Where? i know that coconut Where? oil is the jam like yes. i'm good yes shout out to the coconut oil seriously um yeah, I'm fully a shea butter bitch now, so... Oh, get it, girl. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm curious because I feel like this is also something that we don't talk about as Sudanese women mm-hmm. because we're ashamed of... Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, people are ashamed of saying you know, they have, like, a curlier texture. Like, I know a girl... But, like, okay, here's the thing. How do you say I have curly hair in Arabic? There's no word for it. It's like shadik khishin. You know what I but mean? The, right, but that's not even what it is. Like it's not. Yeah, I, I, because it can be. You can have four C hair. We yeah, like it's super soft. moisturized, yeah. not dry at all. Yeah. If you take care of it, but there's no word for it. The only word we use <laughs> is khishin. It's such an ugly word. But like. That's not even. I mean, like Sudanese, like Hinai. Yeah, you're right. There's no word for it. 
You're right. It's like Shahid Krishin. Or Mankush. Or Mankush. If you have like volume and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, so, son. That's such a good point. Right? So yeah, I mean, I, yeah. No yeah. wonder. Oh like, my God, we're no traumatized. We are. We're fully traumatized. Also, the fact that, like, we've talked about this before, but in anywhere you go, the base image is like either a white woman with long straight hair mm-hmm. or an Indian woman with long straight hair mm-hmm. or a black woman with long straight hair. So yeah. like you're not even given an option of like yeah. figuring it out. Mm-hmm. The thing that really upsets me though is when you go like if you're a bride and you're going to get whatever. the fact that like your makeup lady or your hairdresser lady or whatever would insist that as a bride you relaxed your hair before mm-hmm. the wedding. Yeah. Like, that's, like, standard practice. But what if I don't want to? But also, like, bleach. A lot of them, like... What do you mean? They, like, their advice is that you should bleach before your wedding so you're, like, or whatever. Because I've heard that before. Oh, like, like skin bleach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. talking about skin. I was like... No, like, in the same hinai. Yeah, yeah, within the same. Yeah, 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 you're right. And then you have that line, like, your hairline is, like, super dark. Yeah. Because you're all weird and pale. But, like, your hair has been... Not only do they make you relax your hair, but they also make you dye it. For what? My cousin, the lady was like, you should dye your hair black. Actually, what even should is you're going to dye your hair. Why? I don't know, because so it looks, like, shiny or whatever. Like, (gasps) maikun shaklu agbesh. Did you hear that gasp? (laughs) That was an intense gasp. Um, because it's such a ridiculous thing. It's to stupid. Say. It's so stupid. But they do that. Like, dye your hair. But and if also I just. Also, like, if your hair is not jet black, you go like, it's a little bit of a problem. Yeah. But that's, like, like, that's my hair color. Like, my hair color yeah. is, for lack of a better I, term. Like, I'm not Korean. Dirty brown. My hair is not jet black. Word. It's okay, though. Word. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So my point is we have these really derogatory terms for anything that doesn't fit our beauty standards. So anything that's not like super straight, shiny, black hair is, you know, we like, there's a lot of unlearning to do, do. I feel. Yeah, I Um, agree. Yeah. And the thing is, it starts at a really young age. It because does. I feel like if I ever have a daughter, I want her to like roam free and mm-hmm. like just let her hair be for as long as possible. And yeah, that's exactly what you get. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because they think it makes it longer. Yeah, but you're just that's... like irritating your scalp, you fucking dumb motherfucker. <laughs> Torturing your little girls. I am tired of us <laughs> giving as a them people. those ponytails. Uh, the unity stuff. Oh my god. Okay, so moving on to domestic trash. Speaking of, um, uh huh. Do you want to explain? No. 
Should and I, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what. So uh, it started with. Let hold me, on, just so I it can... started with a video that was making the rounds on social media of Ashakla being a parent and a teacher for unity, mm-hmm. and I believe Ashakla was about inno. Uh, or something, mm-hmm. and, and then some students didn't pay tuition. Right. Right. And then the parents came and like shakalum yeah, administration. Really and in the video, or the person who, sh- whatever, the person I saw who was sharing the video claimed that it was a fist fight, like an actual physical fight between okay. the teacher and the parent. Mm-hmm. But in the video, it's not really apparent because like the camera's moving around, but you don't see like actual fisticuffs. You just okay. see like shekel benatum and then the teacher, I believe, moving the the phone out of the way, like ba- basically like smacking the phone down, like don't, mm-hmm. yeah, don't film. Okay. And then the lady like bits and she walks away and stuff. Um, but like that's that's what I understood. So then later this. Quote unquote, and I'm fully using the air quotes right now. Journalist writes yeah, an let article. Me, I'm trying to find her name. <sighs> Suher Abdul Rahim. Suher, sis. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. Just, just off the bat, no, ma'am. So she wrote uh, an article. Would you care to give us a quick summary? <laughs> Um, what she basically said is that, um, they are teaching evolution in the school. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, that this whole thing is a conspiracy to convert people to Christianism because this is Al-Madrasa Misihiya, Umabarishinu. She, girl, listen, she said a lot of inaccurate things I want to say the whole evolution the daughter of a journalist I was really sad for like the whole profession yeah it was a sad day sad day for journalism it was a very sad day for journalism honestly I'm not surprised because a we do have this evolution debate it's kind of like the same thing of how fundamentalist Christians in the U.S. Like homeschool exactly. their kids and stuff. Because, but like she's using yeah. that as like a stepping stone to say that this is all because in Middle East and here. But like if it were like actually United, then they would. The iron, the irony what? is not lost on me <laughs> that like the argument that you make is actually the same argument the fundamentalist Christians make against teaching evolution. In exactly. Schools. But whatever, sis. You know, do you? Um, but I think it's. This article and many others like it are a testament to the abysmal state of journalism in this country. I agree. And especially print media. I agree. Because can write whatever they want in whatever Arabic kik they want Girl. in whatever yeah any logicless, <laughs> lacking just depth or any sort of insight. And there's also a and it's huge printed. problem of sensationalism over facts. People don't like facts here. Journalists are not fans of facts. Word. So, In this country. Yeah. yeah. And, and this Suhair person is a shining example of that. Yeah. Because... 
most of her pieces, like some people were linking some other stuff she wrote, and most of it is, I guess she's trying to be provocative. I don't know what she's trying to be, but like facts are not her friends. Is she? She same? writes from a very emotional standpoint, right. which is crazy in journalism. Right. Like, do you want to become a novelist? Is that your dream? Go do that. But like, mafi did I nas? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think the way that we view the journalistic profession here is very different from other places. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it does it does come from a very emotional place. A lot but of the that's writing, not your job, though. But it, exactly, but it's not your job. You can very well argue a point without being emotional or without injecting your own politics into even your own opinion. That's what I'm. Yeah, you're not supposed to, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like people are looking for substance. Well, I feel like knowledgeable people. Or, like, com- people with common sense are looking for substance and they're not finding it in print media. Of course they're not. But I think there's also a huge segment of the population that just wants to be entertained. And this kind of article is entertaining. It, like, plays into everything that we look for as Sunnis people. It, like, hits all the hot buttons. But it's so oh, uh, Anti uh, any other religion. Uh you know, whatever, Islam and like being super like gung ho Muslim, adat um, taqalid, like whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like all the hot topics, they they hit sure. that. Just like that article that we saw last week. I don't think we discussed it on the podcast, but this lady was talking about how Banata Yamat are all oh. like gililat adab and they're all whores and whatever. And it's like the same thing, girl. Where are your stats? Where are you getting this from? Is this receipts. all hearsay? Where are your receipts? receipts. Like, I don't understand how Journalists you can... invented receipts. I'm yo. saying, like, how do like... you write an entire article based on hearsay? Based on, like, a conversation that you had Based on Zohar. what you think you might feel about Manatha Jam... Like... Girl. And, 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 you know, people read that stuff because it's entertaining because we get to talk about it. Because either we get to... You know, something out of her ass. Or or it validates the feelings of people who think that way. Who are like, yeah, Like, how irresponsible are you? So, uh, you know, Ali Muhammad Hussein in wherever, Igra, your article... And he's already has a penchant for like not sending his children to school, mm-hmm. like his girls to school. And then we'll be like, That's such a good point. Like you are irresponsible. You Word. have a responsibility to portray things, even whatever you see as negative in a in an objective and realistic light. You can't yeah. like just be making these outlandish statements. With no accountability whatsoever. And it's it's the exact same thing with this article, with this Suhair lady in yeah. the Unity. Yeah. Because you, like, what what are you trying to say, Finnihaya? Yeah. Is it like an anti-Christian Hinai article? Is it, يعني, ما, ما like, who are you trying? Exactly. What's your point? What are you trying to get at? People go to sister school and that's like run by nuns. Do they teach evolution at sister school? I have no idea. But like, is that the problem? Is that really the issue? 
is it's having yeah, a huge I don't, evolution I don't understand. issue. Because when honestly, when I read her article, I couldn't tell if her issue was with teaching evolution or with the fact that the school is Christian. Or with the fact that Muslims are sending their children to a Christian school. Or the or fact that Masarif Zadet and like, like I don't, I, what's your deal, sis? Title. It was a very sad day for journalism. Do you want to address the content of the article, though? Like, about teaching evolution in school in Sudan? Or do you not have the energy for I that? I just don't, honestly. Because your face is like, uh, I, I don't, I don't. Because that just opens up a whole other can of worms of like. Does it though? I think it's pretty it straightforward. It does. I feel like people are very polarized by this topic, which I don't understand why. Like, I I personally think it's very straightforward. Like, there's yeah. no hinai. Well, hit it. There's no debate about. Girl, it's science. Like, it you're gonna science. teach that to your kids. But you know, then and... it's like, it's that whole like science versus religion debate of like. Well, but the Quran says this. So, do you mean the Quran غلط because you're talking about evolution? Like, does science disprove the Quran, or does the Quran disprove science? Like, I honestly, I don't think either one disproves the other. I, I think they work perfectly well together if I you can agree. just like use your bla- your brain for a sec. Yeah. But my point is, it's science. And you're going to teach science to your kids because you don't want them to be fucking sheep. And Mm -hmm. they're also going to learn about religion and, you know, like whatever they decide to do with their faith. And if they believe in that, then good for them. No, but we don't believe in that, though. We don't believe in your children's relationship with God is theirs to develop and maintain. We believe in... We like if you know whatever your family believes is what you believe one hundred percent. You don't get to make a decision about how you feel about your own faith. Definitely okay. not. Well, then I have nothing to say. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Speaking though of religion and the uh, <laughs> the like, I know where this is going. Yeah, I know you do. Speaking of religion and, like, the push of that sort of angle in media, Sudania 24, which is the new, the new channel out in these satellite streets, um, tweeted, what did they tweet? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Basically, like, in the Eid, Yaya, Yaqwana, Kurusin, I don't know why they couldn't just say Eid Mubarak or Kurusin, Tlaibin, or whatever, but they had to do, like, that Nida, right, Bita'a Eid. And so, then people were like, but, bruh, you're a TV station, and this is a country that is not, you know, exclusively Muslim. No, it is not. Yeah. I feel like we forget that way too often. But then that's what that's the argument that people were making in like the thread of like a million tweets about how la dabalad muslim and as such we should honor that and ma and then it became it like derailed into an entire uh into like a side debate on why we have to like, why we have to um, fight for people's rights. Like, I saw this tweet that was like... What? Yeah, I saw a tweet that was like... Yeah. 
and you're basically a Negro in the white man's land, yeah, and people oppress you. You that's and that's exactly what. Also, as a Muslim, like, <laughs> bruh, bruh. Uh, do you not watch the news, sir? Like, do you not living on this planet with us? Like, what are you even saying right now? And this is this like is a testament to Northern Sudanese privilege. But don't we like? Can't we understand no. that? No. This this division La. that has been created is politicized La. and used to oppress all of us. All at all. When? When are that's when an oppression would really But like are we are we dumb as a people? I feel like we are. I don't think we're are dumb. We I that think we're so stupid? self centered that like that's such a self-centered statement to make why should we fight for minorities why should minorities have rights why shouldn't they like i don't even understand because they live in this country because they're they're as much people they're they're citizens just just like you are they have the exact same one so like what's your deal I just, I don't understand, like, to, 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 to be specific to, to this, like, situation, I do think that the, t- the TV station's Twitter, cha- Twitter account could have just tweeted, Kursano Tutlebi. Bis. Thank I you. think that's quite fair. It addresses their, the large part of their demographic, which while, is Muslim. While still being sensitive right, to other to demographics. other people who don't celebrate hate. And then it became a whole, a whole argument about like Mujhideen versus Muslimin and Mabat. Huh? Bruh! Like, how off point are you? Why is it so hard to understand that, that not everyone is Muslim? And they don't have to be. They don't have to be at all. Would be wonderful if we all were, but it's not a big deal that we're not. It's not like some crime against humanity. And it doesn't mean that they don't deserve the same rights as you. It doesn't mean that they don't deserve to be respected. And it doesn't mean they don't deserve to be represented or even just addressed by media or by. Like, you can't be like. But this is like. This the, reminds me of. Oh, sorry, go ahead. The, I just want to mention that. The 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 slogan of the of the channel is Balad Fishasha. You can't oh, talk about the fact that, that makes you, it so much. Fun. Yeah, that you are addressing an entire nation. You're representing an entire nation, or you're pandering to an entire nation when you only address part of it. You like they didn't have a slogan. Or if their slogan was something else, or you know, Magdil al Islam, or Izzat al Sudan, or whatever, then cool. But you can't be like Balad Fishasha and ignore a large segment of that Balad. Bitch, no. Like, bye. I, Try again. This, this reminds me of when I, I was in Sudan, like maybe five, six years ago, and it was towards the, it was my Christmas vacation, so it was towards the end of. Uh, December, and they had all these billboards up talking about how and I remember I was really shocked because I was like but they're not kuffar though first of all, right. they're nasara like please, words Thank you. mean things words mean things 
also, there's Christians for Sudan. I was like, why is this? What? Why? And I'm pretty sure this was, yeah, this was before the separation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but there's Christians. Like, how can, how can you ban this celebration when such a huge part of your country believes is, in it? How? What? Why? For why? Oh. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, that was like, I think that was the first time I realized that we as, you know, Muslim, Arab, Northern Sudanese people are absolute trash, like in, in, (laughs) as a population. We fully are. (laughs) Because we're so entitled. We are. And just so oblivious Mm -hmm. to anything that's not us. And that's the point that I, that I want, that I want to make. That's actually just like the essential point I want to make is that regardless of how you feel about this issue, regardless of how you feel about the tweet, if you think it was insensitive or not, if you think it was warranted or not, regardless, the bottom line is that everybody deserves the same amount of respect that you get. The same respect that you give to your fellow Yali Muslim, whatever, is the same respect that you need to give to anybody else. But we're so... Like, it doesn't make you any more. Any, like, it doesn't make you so superior to anybody. At this point, and that's sad. That's sad that in 2016 we can't even we can't even just understand that people deserve respect. I'm not asking for anything else. I'm just saying, just respect them. Like respect them. The fact that you're like, but I, I, so weird I to feel me. like other than being like a huge uh, social issue, it's also very political and politicized because the fact that when you go or a passport or whatever that people actually ask for your tribe is like mind-blowing yeah it's baffling it's insane um i think it's like i we always like i really don't want to get political with this podcast because (laughs) it's so hard it's so hard not to um it's but very yeah, difficult not to. I I feel like this has been a very powerful weapon yeah. that this government has used of divide and conquer, and, it, and just it. like pick at the little yep. Um, differences. Yep, until they become huge like rifts yeah. between everybody. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so effective, and you've all proved it's it super effective. You've all proven definitely it's super effective. So thanks for that. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Please. Is we finished yeah. or is we no, done? No, we done. We... F- I'm done. I'm okay. done. Okay. You go. My uh, yes, ma'am, for this week is little... I believe she's 14. I could be wrong about that. Uh, her name is Zuleika Patel, and she was one of the girls who was protesting in Pretoria High School in South Africa against the rules, the, the anti-natural hair rules. She's a little girl with a beautiful, huge afro. Mm -hmm. And the pictures of her were just stunning. Standing there in the middle of the crowd, her fist up, afro out. I love her. Black girl magic. Black girl magic. Yes, ma'am. You are incredibly brave and way more woke and inspiring than I ever was at your age. So a word. Good for you. Like, your parents are doing a really good job. Mm -hmm. Sis. 
I was not like that. <laughs> I Seriously. was not like that at all. Good on you. Um, and that's it. I think that's my yes. No, thing. you had a like a gender. <laughs> oh, yeah, a gender, gender fluid. fluid. Yes, sir. Yes, yes ma'am. Yeah. Um, that goes out to shout out Hawadis, the, the good people at shout out Hawadis who work so hard to improve our uh, healthcare system. Mm-hmm. In this country, oh God knows, when, God knows that's a uphill battle. That's that's, uh, yeah. that's a lot. That's a struggle. Um, they recently, I believe, opened up a new like a hospital wing. I can't I can't remember if it was a ER or Lahaya or Lahambersai. I can't remember. But they opened up a new hospital wing for Adbara, and uh, they the person who if like cut the ribbon is this this guy who basically be homefield like salat or munasabat and he like collects the leftover food mm-hmm. um and they're huma they're like a very humble group they're not flashy at all they do their keep their heads down they do their work and they're doing incredible work and there was one picture particularly of one of the guys Hawadis sitting against the wall crying in like joy that like this project finally tamma and it was just such oh a touching God. image like mubalagha yani these people who are doing literally thankless work yeah they are the epitome of Sudanese excellence that is like amazing. shout out shout out to them yep and that's me i don't that's that's it that's, that's it. it i, I have none uh if you have a yes sir or a yes man please you guys that you would like to shout out Please let us know. I know that it's hard. It's hard to pinpoint Sudanese excellence these days. It's difficult. It's really not. It's out there, y'all. But it is out there. And the proof is we do it every week. So holla, right? No sir, no ma'am at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up with the hashtag NSNM on Twitter or at NSNM podcast. And the same goes for any topics that you have, any opinions you can comment on our SoundCloud when you listen to this episode, please do. There's a comment right now, actually, from someone that I would like to read because this is the first, like, in-depth comment that we've ever had. Okay. Yeah. On SoundCloud, on, on SoundCloud, as a comment on... We, we've had some interesting discussions on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah, but this is on SoundCloud. It's, a, it's a from Anonymous. Hey there, big fan of the podcast. However, I just wanted to point out that the fatwa that Cleric made about breastfeeding, so this is in relation to last week's episode where we talked about the best fatwas ever. Um... Uh, in, it, I just want to point out that the fatwa that the cleric made about breastfeeding adults is backed up with a bunch of authentic hadiths you can look up on Sahih Muslim. Um, I also think it's a bit hypocritical how you said that certain fatwas promote pedophilia when Muhammad himself, who's supposed to be the most moral man to ever live according to Islamic scripture, married a six-year-old child and had sex with her by the age of nine. Okay, we can. that's, that's another debate for another day. I agree. I really have no issues with you guys defending Islam, I just think that you take it too far sometimes when you make it seem like these clerics are just pulling fatwas out of their ass when it's my when it's simply not true. No disrespect, though, just my personal opinion. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks, anonymous, or sir or ma'am. Uh, we appreciate your comment, and we hope that it sparks debate within the comments on SoundCloud. If you guys think that you know you respectfully disagree with the good person here, then please. Hit them up on SoundCloud and, and in the comments and let them know. Um, let's let's talk about this. I agree. We, yeah. we need to talk about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, we out.
Deuces. Bye. Mastodon. Mm. <laughs>